We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is June 23rd, 2022, the day that the Orlando Magic select first in the NBA draft. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is the anxiety level at for you right now? The nerves were and the anxiety were fine until you just really stamped it into my brain that the magic, like, as you guys are listening to this, today is the day the magic will finally, uh, after what has felt like a very long month, essentially, magic will finally make their, their pick. So I, uh, I, I, I now have nerves, thanks to you, actually. It feels like it's been two months since the lottery. I think, mm-hmm. like it feel it does not feel like it's been a month. Like I think it's roughly been about five weeks, you know, with some change there, but it just feels like it's taken forever. The last two weeks have been especially painstaking and just have felt like they're taking forever. But today is the day you're listening to this, the morning of the draft, and I think most people are pretty anxious. You know, just. This is a big responsibility, and you don't want to mess up the pick. You mess up the pick, it can put the franchise back a number of years. If you get the pick right, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. The sky's the limit. You know, If we talk about the young core that Magic currently have, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz, we can talk about Jonathan Isaac, we can talk about Jalen Suggs, Chuma Okiki, R.J. Hampton, Mo Bamba. I'm sure I'm leaving someone out. Cole Anthony. Yes, of course, Cole Anthony. And you add a legitimate all-star caliber player to this team, and we are ready to compete sooner rather than later. I I think that... That's what's at stake today. I think that you and me, uh, you know, we, we talked about... We've talked about, obviously, we have talked about this draft ad nauseum and have talked about the fact that if you know as far as the pick that is made tonight you you might i don't know it's like do you go for the home run swing and if you do does that indicate that you're you know the risky swing that it might be whatever they feel 
Does it mean that you feel like this, it's because the superstar isn't on your current roster? And going through it, I can't definitively say that there's a superstar on the Magic roster. I think it is a lot of really talented guys, especially in that starting five. I think Franz has the the ceiling to be a multiple-time all-star. I don't know if if it's going to come to the point where he's a superstar. But the more let that me you ask th- you this. Let, yeah, let me ask ahead. you this. Your, mm-hmm. your life is on the line. I'm going to ask you th- this question about three guys, whether or not you have to bet your life, yes or no, if they ever make an all-star team. You have to bet your life. Markel Fultz, yes or no? No. Franz Wagner? Yes. Wendell Carter? No. Ooh, that's interesting. I thought for sure you were going to go Wendell. The, the we're issue... talking about a guy that I feel like has the opportunity to score 19 points, 12 rebounds, 50% from the floor, 35% from three mm-hmm. on a good team. I, I feel like he could do that in his sleep. Yeah, I think for me it just comes like the the, the Joel Embiid in the East. Like, Are we talking that he's going to be in the East or, for the good Nikola bit? Nikola Vucevic was a two-time All-Star in the East. I understand I, I just don't know. I don't think I could bet my life on it. I think Wendell, okay. I think that he's going to take another jump this year, but I don't know that it, I, I don't know what his ceiling is. So I just can't, I'm not saying I will be surprised if, if Wendell ever makes an all-star team, especially Jonathan, if we're talking like good and like, it means that the team is good enough as well, right? because you know, you're not, if you're not a playoff team, you're not making an all-star appearance unless you're incredible in case, unless you're a superstar. So I think that, yeah, with that being said, I think Franz is really the only one who I would say that I am incredibly comfortable saying that he will make an all-star team. Therefore, I don't think there's enough evidence with him that he'll become a superstar. But what what gives me chills to think about in regards to this draft, Jonathan, is this could be the guy. I think the the Magic fans in general have gotten so used to just having good pieces. I think they've gotten you because I have. You've gotten used to those good pieces, and you probably can't even imagine what it's like in the current day to have a superstar on this Orlando Magic team. This could be our superstar, and it'll take a few years for that superstar to probably come out. If it comes out sooner, great. Um, But if it comes out at all, I think it's going to be something that's going to take some getting used to, uh, but I don't think we'll have a problem getting used to it. It's going to be a nice problem to have. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is like, but man, we all of a sudden we have this guy that can just carry us to a win, even right. if no one else has it. Just this guy can single-handedly you, carry us to a win. Yeah, right now. And, and that is what defined, to me, obviously winning is a big part. You got to be a win, be a winner to be a superstar to me, but a superstar, it, like being that caliber, what qualifies you as a superstar is that the rest of your team can play way below average. But if this guy on any given night you think he could drop fifty, and it results in a win, that's a superstar. And and I think that uh, finally the Magic have a chance at a superstar, and we'll see what happens. And I I hope it happens. But uh, man, that's what's at stake, and that's why everyone is so anxious. Because if you blow it, like mm-hmm. the number one pick, you know, it, it's been eighteen years since the Magic had the number one pick. Are we gonna? Wait 18 years again for a, a chance at, at number one to get your superstar. Right. You know, if, I mean, by all accounts, you know, even the most optimistic Magic fans 
have the magic maybe flirting with a play-in game if everything breaks the right way for us this season. If things don't, next year you're you're right back in the lottery. And we've seen teams win the number one pick twice in a row. The Magic have. Right. You know, the, the Cavaliers did it a, a Against few years all ago. odds. But Against that, all odds. That's the big thing, though, to me, Jonathan, is that like this team has been bad since Dwight Howard left. Right? Bad. We're coming up on 10 years since the trade. They have been abysmal for the better part of 10 years, have had two playoff appearances in that time, um, but the team was by no means great, and the Magic have only still gotten the number one pick once. I just do not want to do this again. I don't want to do the whole decade long with two appearances in the playoffs, two total playoff wins. I'm not talking round wins. I'm talking game wins. I don't, I don't want to do that again. So if we could please... Like just, Bro. just, just be good this year. That'd be awesome. I don't want to go through like the feeling of dread that we had lottery night, and then the elation that we had, and now this just whole last month of like not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing if this guy is going to work out. Like if this was a Shaquille O'Neal draft, my anxiety would would be right. non-existent, and I like the excitement would just be through the roof, and looking forward to getting this guy. Or if it was a LeBron James or something like that, it would just be finally this guy is going to be in the jersey and we can get stuff cracking, but just the uncertainty surrounding this draft really for the last year, yeah, that's that's what's making everyone so anxious. But I feel like we're kind of being downers right now, and I, I just want to encourage everybody. There are There's no one in the world that I would rather have making this pick mm-hmm. tonight than John and Jeff. Yeah. I, I really feel like these guys have put in the work these guys have been doing this a long time. You know, they they drafted Giannis, although you can say that's a needle in a haystack, once in a lifetime generational kind of pick that was made. These guys have have done a good job so far building this team, and I feel like they're going to get it right. So I'm super excited to see who the pick is going to be. Our time starts now. As Magic fans, we are on every it, we're on the up and up. Like tell them we're back up. That's that's where we're at right now. So be excited for the pick tonight. We're going to see you guys at Amway. Talk more about that in a moment. But just super excited for tonight, but obviously super anxious and just ready to get it over with. I feel like that's where most most people are, like just ready to get it over with. Stop the guessing. Stop the rumors, the smoke screens, the speculation. Let's just get the pick over with, and, and then we can be excited and on to Summer League and you know multiple championships and beyond. Are you? Oh man, this is going back to being a downer, I guess. But are you going? Are you like? Be honest with me. Are you going to be excited? Is the word you just used after the draft? Like, will it be excitement? I'm talking. You get Jabari, that sort of thing. Is it even excitement? Because I just feel like I might just go straight into. Oh man, I hope he's good. What are we just <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop constantly? Is that I, where we have been, we reached that level as I've Magic been, fans that no matter what good things happen to us, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop? I just I don't know. There's going to be question marks, like you said. It's it, it, are they going to pan out? I hope they're good. Is is this the right pick? And it's like I I still won't know after tomorrow night if it's the right pick. I'm going to say that I trust this front office regardless of the pick, but there is going to definitely be some doubt. And unless, and, and, and this is the wrong thing to do, but it's going to happen. Summer League's going to come around, and we're either going to get too high or too low based on the number one pick's performance. 
and then they could do the total opposite come regular season, whether that's good or bad. We we saw it this past year. We saw it this past year with Franz, and I'm really going, especially if the pick is Jabari, I'm going to lay off of how he looks surrounded by a bunch of G-leaguers because I don't think any of us expect Jabari, if he is the pick, to come in day one and just be Jason Tatum or, or Brandon Ingram or some of these other guys that he's kind of been compared to. If he's surrounded by a bunch of G leaguers and he's not looking great, I'm not going to freak out. I, I think I learned my lesson to a certain extent with Franz Wagner last year. Let's give a, you know, 10, 12, 15 games in the regular season, and then maybe we can start talking about, okay, you know, something's going on here, but right. summer league, let's just enjoy it, relax. I, I think really what the anxiety stems from for me as a Magic fan has really just been all the injuries the last few years. Because it just seems like we, we can't not get things, everyone kind of pulling in the same direction without everyone on the floor at the same time. So just that in general, I've come to expect bad things to happen to the magic. Yeah, And it's kind of waiting. It's almost like it's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of where I'm at right now in, in my relationship with the magic. So I'm, I, I am going to try to be, I like to think I will be excited after the pick, regardless of who it is. Yeah. And we'll talk more about, you know, who it's going to be, who we want right. it to be, all the drama, all the craziness that's going on. Before we do that, just want to thank everybody that came out, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this past week, coming out to the Orlando Draft Tour at the Lodge on Monday night, Cavo's Bar and Kitchen on Tuesday, Ollie's Wednesday night. We had RJ Hampton on Tuesday, Nick Anderson on Wednesday. Great turnouts for all, all the events. It's good to see Magic fans getting out there and, you know, actively trying to get the city excited about the draft that's coming up on Thursday. So once again, thank you to the Orlando Magic and Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the event and for partnering with us for the event. Again, we hope it's just one of many to come in the future, but appreciate everyone that came out to that. Tonight, before the draft from 5 o'clock to 6.30, we will be at Harry Buffalo, downtown Orlando on Church Street, just you know minutes from the Amway Center. So come out. Hang out with us from 5 to 6.30, and then at 6.30, we'll walk over to Amway. Download the Orlando Magic app to get your free draft party tickets, and then we will walk over to Amway, 6.30, sit in section 106. Whoever wants to sit with us is welcome to come, and we will watch the draft unfold from there. Can I add one thing here? Please do. Okay, so I've seen, um, I don't know if mine looked this way or if I paid much attention, but I have seen people post screenshots of their tickets to the the event, and there's like a section on it, and some it's other, just general I, admission, folks. Like I, yeah. I I see people talking about that. It's gonna mm-hmm. say general admission. It'll say a row and a seat. Yeah, it's general admission. You can sit wherever you want in right. the lower bowl. I wanted to just clarify that for the for the listeners. So yeah, yeah, we've gotten that question a few times. So if you see that, that's normal. Don't panic. You can still sit with us. You can sit wherever you want. If you yep. don't want to sit with us. That's fine. You're dead to us, but don't mm-hmm. worry about that. Mm-hmm. The last thing before we get into the discussion around the number one pick, uh, we do want to go ahead and shout out our patrons just like we do every week. We have a brand new patron this week, Luke. Shout out to George Vukovic. And actually, this came in 12 minutes ago. Dan Lewis is a new patron as well. So shout out to George Vukovic and Dan Lewis, our newest patrons. Thank you guys so much. 
If you are interested in financially supporting the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Three awesome tiers with great benefits to choose from. We really appreciate everyone that helps support the show. We are now going to shout out everyone that supports the show, starting with Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Godet for Show, Ryan Singh, Blake Bickerstaff, The Distract, your boy Dave J, Cooler Name for You to Read, Pierre A, Wally Akbar, Eli, Migzors, Nostalgia, and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Joe Thomas, Stephen Walker, Lil Penny, Omagic11, Eduardo Sanchez, BRBS Creative, Dan the Man, George Hoppy, Drum, George Vukovic, and Dan Lewis. Thank you guys so much. You guys are the real MVP. That list is thick. It's thick. Kevin and I talked about this uh, a few pods ago. You know, technically, our Hall of Fame tier patrons are really the only ones that we say we will shout out every single episode. Mm. And we're kind of getting to the point just for our listeners' sake that we may actually have to like right. do that. Because for the longest time, we've just been shouting out everyone because we love everyone so much and we appreciate everyone's support. And let's be honest, there wasn't there wasn't this many of, of you. Yeah, like it, it like we love you guys and really appreciate it, but it is like for real popped off like the last few months. Like it's it's really gotten crazy. So um we're at, at some point we're gonna have to make that decision and, and it's coming soon. So if you still want to be shouted out every episode. Just subscribe to the Hall of Fame tier patron. You know, there's Easy. better benefits, more benefits there. So just just do that. We love you guys and appreciate you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Luke, so much has happened since May 17th. We have talked with multiple experts. Mm-hmm. We've heard a lot of opinions. We've heard differing opinions all over social media, all over the national media, articles, TV spots, podcasts. People have Paolo, Chet, Jabari going in different orders, going to different teams. We've heard different rumors that guys want to play in this city and not in this city, that this guy has worked out for this team but not for this team. Mm-hmm. We know guys have worked out for this team, but it hasn't been announced we know guys have worked out for the team, and it has been announced. There's a lot of smoke screens. There's a lot of rumors out there. There's a lot of betting odds, which as of right now are, are seemingly changing by the minute, Luke. Yeah, and I just right really now. wanted to take the opportunity Ooh. to kind of break everything down that we have heard to this point as best as we can and make our educated guesses and, and talk about who we want. 
you seem like you're you're seeing something interesting right now in terms of the betting odds. Has there been a change there? Yeah, there has. Um, so earlier today, uh, let's see. Yeah, I believe this was earlier today. It was a screenshot that I sent you guys. Jabari minus 250. Paolo plus 125 was creeping into that almost even range. And Chet continues to have distance between even him and Paolo at plus 350. So, like I said, Jabari was at that, you know, that that plus uh, two. What did I say? Two. Two fifty. Two fifty. Okay. Now, I'll read from worst odds to best. Chet Holmgren is plus five hundred now. Um, Paolo Bancaro is plus two hundred now, and Jabari Smith Jr. is minus four hundred. Holy! That might be <laughs> the biggest. Like the the most he has been the favorite in this entire it, process. It absolutely is. Yeah. Minus four hundred. Okay. Well, this is it, what he, we're talking yeah. about. This has been shifting back and forth so much the last three days. Mm-hmm. I have had no idea what to think. Vegas yeah, always knows something, but really the odds are moved from people placing money on one bet or another. Right. And then Vegas has to see the money that's coming in and just kind of reevaluating so they don't get caught literally holding the bag. Mm-hmm. But betters make bets based off of value, and they make bets based off of information. Yeah. So that's why we've just been like, what is happening with mm. these betting odds? That's why we've been making such a big deal about it, really on social media and in our group chat. So that's super interesting. But, Luke, so I, I want to just kind of break down everyone that we've talked to. So we've talked to Keandre from Hoop Intellect, mm. right, which really high on Paolo. I think he had Chet second and, and maybe Jabari third. We talked to Eric Fawcett, who covers the NBA draft for Draft Canada, for NBA Canada, Japan, India, a bunch of other sites. He had, um, he had Chet. Was it Chet third, then yeah. Paolo, then Jabari? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've talked to a lot of people who have differing opinions on this, and they have pointed out different strengths and different weaknesses in each one of these guys' games. It's been super just insightful and informative. And it seems like each one of those episodes that we did kind of swayed us you know, a little bit back and forth, right? Like yeah. we talk about the episode that we did with Eric Fawcett, where there's this, you know, Chet is going to be this offensive unicorn and can do things off, you know, with off the dribble and, you know, in isolation possessions. And it's really been the opposite with Jabari. Like Jabari can't dribble. Jabari can't play right. make for himself. But when you look at it, it's, I think, seven times more for Jabari in terms of the isolation yeah. possessions that they had this season. So it really kind of shifts some of the narratives like that. So now like we have this whole narrative behind you know, what the guys can do on the floor and what they can do well and kind of what they project to be. Now, Luke, the last week, it's really become about the drama, about where guys want to play, about who they want to give their medicals to, you know, who they want to work out for. So do you want to start with like the most dramatic or like the least dramatic? Where do you want to start? I love the drama. So I, you want to start with the drama? Yeah, show me the drama. Right? Okay. So a few Thursdays ago, I think that was the ninth. So two Thursdays from the before the draft, the ninth. Mm-hmm. We have it confirmed that Jabari is here, right? And that he's worked out for the Magic. He meets with the media, all that kind of stuff, right? So then we hear, you know, little birdies talking about how Chet was supposed to be in sometime last week, towards the end of last week. We know he was in Orlando at least Wednesday and Thursday, was supposed to meet with the media 
around Friday. That never came to fruition, but we know that he was in Orlando. Then the question shifts to Paolo. Like, oh, we just have a few days before we're in the week of the draft. And at that point, it's probably too close to bring anyone else in. So it was Jonathan Gavoni was on the Low Post, the episode that came out yesterday with Zach Lowe. And they started talking about this conversation around the number one pick. And Jonathan Gavoni said, Paolo's representatives keep pushing back the Orlando workout again and again and again to the mm-hmm. point where it doesn't look like he's going to work out for the Magic at this point because of the fact that they did not think Orlando was seriously considering Paolo for the number one pick. A few days before that, Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated, he put out a piece basically stating that he was pretty confident the Magic had worked out each of Jabari, Chet, and Paolo. And then he came back after Jonathan Gavoni's appearance on the Low Post and was like, actually, we're hearing conflicting information. I thought it was a for sure thing at the time and now it seems like that might not be the case well he wrote he wrote that uh it sounded like and you can correct me if i'm wrong he wrote that article um he he wrote it before it actually those days happened and then they put it out after the date or on the date that he was supposed to work out so there was a miscommunication not even miscommunication he just wrote his thing early before it even published and that's then some funny business happened right so what are your thoughts on that? Like Paolo not working out for the team and then like the reasoning, if that is the truth of him, you know, not wanting to work out because he didn't feel like he was really being considered for the number one pick. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, the whole thing is weird. Like it's not, I, you know how I know that that doesn't happen much with a workout for the number one pick team, like just not happening. I know that that doesn't happen much because of the 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 woo instance like that instance where he writes it before because he thinks he's safe because who wouldn't work out for the number one pick overall and like what's the harm in it there's more to that story and and we obviously know that and we have thought that there's just stuff that like we're never gonna know probably and and that's how that is but but that's just where i i stand man this is just a really unique incident um, and it's super weird, and there's definitely something in the water with, with the Paolo stuff. How does it change your perception, if it does at all, of Jabari and taking him number one? Um, you mean in terms of, of what? Like, how does it change the way that you think about Paolo? And, it, like, if you, however you felt about taking him oh, number one no, before, sorry, you said does Jabari. it change your thinking at all? Oh, I, excuse me. I have a yeah. tendency to misspeak. You know this, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just apologies. wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. I would say that it, it changes things like for sure. I mean, I don't know how it doesn't there. There seems to be all signs point to if you want to be the number one pick, then go out. And, and here's the other thing, Jonathan, and it, it, obviously with the magic and how tight lipped they are, you might not have a chance of this really happening. But if let's say you're on the fringe of being a number one pick, like you're very much, you've been in the conversation this whole time. Like Paolo, you go in, you crush this workout and then all of a sudden you're starting to to hear people say like, oh, the, the Magic are considering Paolo because, and essentially it all happens after the workout, meaning he crushed this workout. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Like, I, I just don't get, like, that would only make you look good. So I, I there's only, I don't, I don't know what the outcomes are that like make sense for this to happen. But I I don't know, man. You you would think you'd have the confidence to go in there and crush the workout. 
get his name out there even more and be considered for the number one pick. That's my feeling as well. Like for me, it just comes down to like something about him. Just maybe he doesn't want to be in Orlando. And if that's the case, then best of luck wherever you end up. I, I don't Jeff want, don't want him personally. either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I kind of have the same thinking as you. If you believe you're the number one player and you're the best player in this draft class, you say, all right, I don't care if they're not really considering me for the number one pick. I'm going to make them consider me for the number one pick. I'm going to crush the interview. Yeah. I'm going to crush the visit. I'm going to crush the workout. I am going to make you be- consider me for the number one pick. I'm going to show you why you're wrong in not considering me for the number one pick. And Paolo, he- by all accounts, does have that like kind of alpha you know, confidence and personality. So to me, it just says he does not want to be here if that is true. Here is the my thing with Paolo. Okay, and... Uh, he's 19. He's 19. He believes he's the best player in this draft. It's not just him, bro. Like it, it, it is not. Like it, he, there, he's got people in his corner speaking into his ear, and it's just like, man, I don't, I don't know, like who you're talking to, but there's clearly a whole camp of people that told that they came to the decision, like you don't, don't, you know, you don't need to do that. So yeah. I, I don't think you want someone that's got not only, you know, it seems like hit like that player being that way, but a whole team around him being that way. I mean, just how quickly, how toxic that you could cause that culture to be on the team if, if that's really how you are. Yeah. If, if he's getting bad advice, you know, that that's really unfortunate. But like you said, you don't want to draft somebody. And then from day one, like they've got their foot out the door. Like we're not going right. to draft a guy who, uh, you know, is drafted and then is thinking about going to New York or LA, like, no offense, Shaq, if, but if, like we've, if, we've been burned by that once before. Yeah, and, and my point there as well is if Paolo at 19, who thinks he's the best player in the draft, if it's just him, right? Like if it is just him, you take his whole camp out of the situation. He's worked out for He's working out for Orlando. There's no doubt in my mind. Eh, who knows? So, uh, the, the truth probably will never come out. That's, that's, that's just that's so much confidence, this. though, for being 19, man. Like there, there's, there's no, like there's, it just doesn't add up. I don't know. This is what I this is what I will say. Like talking about the odds, everyone's saying like there's no way he's being considered for number 1, you know, he's mm-hmm. like definitely going to Houston. Houston right. might even want to trade up to 1 for him. There is a large part of me that wants to draft Paolo. One because I I do think he'd be a great player here. I I'm again, still happy with any of the top 3. But just for once and for all, we can look at the national media and say you don't know what you are talking about when it comes to the magic. They yeah. do not leak anything, and they are going to do what you least expect. And I yeah. would just revel in that for at least a few days. Mm-hmm. And I would just really like smugly enjoy that. That you guys think you know what you're talking about. You've been lying on us for years, and now we caught you out in public with your pants around your ankles. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what you're talking about, and just uh, stop talking about the team. Yeah. I want to add another thing here in terms of like really a Paolo versus Chet conversation and what it speaks to about Chet. Paolo's odds, obviously he is now the second favorite to be picked number one overall. This is after reports have said he didn't even work out for Orlando. But what does it say about Chet and what's going on there and who's talking over there that he is... Way 
further down on the total pole for the number one pick now at what I, I don't even remember what I said, but plus 500 or something. Let so, me ask you this. That's crazy. And, to and me. If you need to look this up, like, you know, take the time I can, you know, riff a little mm-hmm. bit here. Mm-hmm. What are the odds? Like, so this is just his odds to be the number one pick. What mm-hmm. are his odds to be the number two pick? Is he behind Go Jabari in, in that instance? Or excuse me, is he behind Paolo in that instance as well? I, I know for a fact Chad is still favorite to be number two. Right. That's what if, I'm saying. It's not like if, all of a sudden he's oh he's dropping to three. Or is he? Okay. No. So yes, I, I'm sure it's that yeah, I'm sure that's the case. Chad, the number two pick has been taken down. I don't know what it is, what they're okay. doing. Okay. Thanks a lot, but, Bovada. But number three is still there and Paolo is minus three fifty. So, yeah, so Chet is still the favorite to be the number two pick. Two pick, just not number one, which speaks volumes about what people have heard in right. that community and that community that I'm sure has a ton of sources as right. well. And as well as people like, I don't have money coming in. People are, betters are paying attention to all of this too. And yeah. I guarantee you there's also betters that know things. So I yeah. um Especially the sharps, like the the. You think, the you think John Hammond's ones. like you know I'm going to Vegas in a couple of weeks. I might Dude, I'll put you, a little betsky down on can this. You and imagine get a nice tempting, little return. How tempting that would be! Really test your integrity. Not if you're not a degenerate like you, like me. I would not be tempted to do that. I know you would be. Absolutely, I'm throwing yeah. smoke screens to improve my betting odds. Like yeah, that's disgusting. It, that's a really a knock on my get some I help. Guess, integrity. Get I some guess, help. but. 1-800-GAMBLING-HELP, Luke Sylvia, <laughs> sponsoring this episode. A true a true degenerate, like truly impressive. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. True degenerate. This guy hates hockey, is always betting on hockey, even though he can't stand it. He's betting Under on baseball. Under six goals like, in the Stanley Cup tonight. Yeah, this dude is, is really getting crazy. Uh, but So we're going to talk more about just kind of Paolo and just as it pertains to put everything together and then we can, you know, make a decision on him. Let's talk about the drama with, 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 with Chet at this point. And then we'll talk about, I mean, we won't really talk about the drama with Jabari because there's literally been none in that kind of, because he's a perfect angel. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's be, let's be careful what we say here. Cause we hey. don't, he might not be the pick. We don't know. That's so fine. Let's talk but he's about been Chet. a, he, ha, he has been a perfect angel. Everything by the book uh, went probably okay. crushed his workout. Probably is going to be the number one pick. Forget it. I don't even. We even need to talk about these other guys anyway. No, we do. We do. We do. Okay. <laughs> like I said, like we might look back on this pod in a few weeks, but like uh, that that didn't age the best. <laughs> but let's talk about Chet. Okay, so last week he's in Orlando Wednesday. He's in Orlando Thursday. Supposed to meet with the media on Friday. All of a sudden, doesn't. That's usually the decision of the player and or their representation. Yeah. Okay. We've heard from Jake Fisher with Bleacher Report that Chet did give his medicals to the Orlando Magic. Then we heard from John Wasserman as recently as Wednesday, who is also with Bleacher Report, uh, John Wasserman, that Chet might not have given his medicals to Orlando or Oklahoma City. He said that he's hearing conflicting reports on that end. Then we've been hearing just really kind of for the last few weeks that Jabari is super excited to be in Orlando. That's where he wants to be. Chet is super excited about Oklahoma City, and that's where he wants to be. Today on NBA uh, Sirius XM Radio, Chet Holmgren did an interview with Fran Fraschilla, and they were talking about the Orlando Magic, and Chet basically said, you know, if the stars were aligned and I could reunite with Jalen in Orlando, that would be a dream come true. So all of this talk about whether or not 
you know, Chet wants to be the number one pick. If he does or does not want to be in Orlando, is he giving them their medicals? Is he not giving them their medicals? He's saying that he would like to be in Orlando. What what do we make of that? What and what do the, you think? Because I don't know what to think. What if he's the pick, bro? I'm okay with that. I've been saying this like the entire time. I can go back to my tweets from March before we knew what was happening with the the lottery, and I've said, "Give me Jabari, Chet, or Paolo. And that I that is wrong, true for me this entire time. Yeah, absolutely, and me too. I um, I just I I have so convinced myself it's Jabari. Um, but, and I don't, how can you confidently do that? I, I, people that are coming out with like the utmost certainty, it's going to be this guy. It's going to be this guy. It's going to be this guy. I some are just trying to manifest. You are lying. You're Mm -hmm. lying. I don't understand how you can be confident of who the pick is going to be tomorrow with absolute certainty. I I was confident until Chet's quote came out today, which I hate to read into a quote at all, but at this point, like, eh. It's drama season. What have we been sure. doing since May seventeenth? It's reading into quotes and rumors mm-hmm. and doing everything things, and betting odds. I saw, it, dude, something that cracked me up today. Did you see uh, Oscar from the Magic Report post that picture of Chet picking out like his in- interior suit color? Bro, I love, <laughs> I love Oscar so much, but that little piece of fabric is brown. Yeah, it is not orange. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. So if you guys don't follow the magic report on Instagram, first of all, you need to the mm-hmm. kid. I don't know how he does it with the Jersey swaps, but he always kills it. Yeah. But there's this, this ad of Neiman Marcus of Chet, like picking out his fabric for his suit for, you know, the night of the draft. And he's pointing to, it's very clearly a like Brown piece of fabric. And Oscar is like, Oh, look at him pointing to this orange piece of fabric. Oscar, I love you, bro, but that is brown. I, I don't think, think he, there's anything there. I think Oscar has realized it is brown because I don't see it on his Instagram. Okay. Well, we just put Oscar on the spot for no reason then. <laughs> Oscar, blame Luke. Yeah. I apologize. Listen, I didn't I think love he you. would take it down. I don't. I, he doesn't usually ever delete anything. So I was, uh, but he must have just been like, man, maybe that is brown. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, what what do you make of all of this? Of the suit situation or what? No, everything. <laughs> all the all the Chet drama, the medicals, the not medicals, the wanting to be here, the not wanting to be here. First of all, lack of transparency is a red flag for me in life. But I am yeah. not going to act like for a second that I really know what it means when they're like, well, I know what it means uh, on the surface. But I don't know what the conversation was that Chet feels like he could get away with just not giving them the medicals. Like, there's got to be, I, I like, I'm, I'm not going to act like I know what goes into that conversation where Chet gets to the point where he knows that, like, this can leak, that he's not giving you medicals. But, like, like I just want to know what the context is because I feel like there's a lot missing, which is the, the case for this entire process, by the way. Just you, you're missing so much context. You're speculating, like you said, since lottery night, you're speculating just the most ridiculous things. But... I really don't know what to think, especially, like I said, after the quote today. Um, but then you think back, I, I can't stop going back to Franz last year where we didn't even know that he had talked with us, with, with the Magic. Like, we had no clue that this was even happening. So the fact that Chet didn't do media availability, I don't know what that means. And then for him, and at the time, I thought it was a negative thing. 
But for him to say that about, you know, be a dream come true, basically, to play with Jalen. But maybe he's just saying that because he just thinks it. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to play with Jalen no matter where it is. Because that Jalen was the reason he went to Chet went to Gonzaga. So I really, I really don't know what it actually means. Chet is absolutely the biggest question mark for me at this point. I think Paolo is not happening um, after what we have been hearing. Um, so it just really, to me, it comes down to Jabari and Chet. And Chet had so had been so far removed from my mind the last couple of days that I really had been set on Jabari. But at the end of the day, if there's an organization to throw a curveball and and draft somebody that is not even related to that top three, or to draft Chet or Paolo or who whatever, I I it basically if there's in the front office that's gonna go with the not obvious pick, it's them because they've thrown us off the scent the whole time. Yeah, that's why I've had this sneaking suspicion since Monday when I woke up that Paolo was going to be the pick just because at the time, like he was still, you know, pretty far back in, in terms of the betting odds. And this front office just seems to do like what you least expect them to do. And because like we just hadn't heard anything about him being in Orlando now without getting into details, you know, nothing that we have had confirmed that we are willing to share. But if certain things that we've heard about Paolo and mm-hmm. the, you know, Magic's workout are true, yeah. then like, okay, I I get why what is happening is what is happening. To me, the only way we're going to know what is true and what is not is if these guys are the pick. Yeah. In my opinion, there is no way the magic don't draft the, the there's no way the magic draft the guy who just blatantly refused to come into the building no shot and and meet with them they didn't want to get drafted anyway right with chet there is no way i'm drafting a guy who will not share his medicals with me that is a clear red flag to me it tells me the guy probably doesn't want to be here that badly anyway and i think what jake fisher reported in i probably tend to believe what Jake said because John Wasserman said there was conflicting reports and Jake Fisher was basically like Chet didn't want to give his medicals at first but like eventually gave his medicals to the magic Mm. so but we're never going to know the truth unless these guys are drafted if we draft Chet then I know the OKC you know only want to be in OKC stuff was BS the medical stuff was BS if he's not the pick then we'll never know same thing with Paolo if he didn't really think he was in consideration and didn't come into the building, if he's the pick, to me, we that's BS. They figured out a way to do that without right. everyone getting wind of it. But if he's not the pick, again, we'll never know. Mm-hmm. The last thing that I want to talk about before we get more into just kind of looking at the totality of what we know about these guys and deciding who we think the pick is, let's talk about Jeff Weltman and his media availability on Monday. So on Monday, he met with the media for about 24 minutes, just fielding, you know, a crazy amount of questions, really just like really credit to Jeff for just hanging in there and taking all the questions from the media. But just a couple of things that really stuck out to me. Number one, as it relates to Paolo, he was specifically asked if he had met with Paolo and he just kind of said, we will never disclose, you know, the discussions or the happenings kind of what happens behind closed doors. He said, we really try to you know, stay buttoned up, and he's proud that he can say that mm-hmm. about the team, basically alluding to the fact that they don't leak anything. 
and just that you know there are certain conversations that are had uh, around the league and with different representation and it is a like it's a good thing for teams n- n- to know that if they come to you with something that's discreet that it's not going to get out and right. they're basically never going to change that right he was also asked like you know how many guys are you considering with the number 1 pick and yeah. he trolled and said 60 Bro, that which made like me... i was funny but i also understand that you have to be ready for whatever deal comes your way and if all of a sudden it makes sense for you to trade down from 1 to 13 you mm-hmm. need to know who you want at 13 or if you're going to trade back out of the first round completely and you're going to have picks like 37 and 41 you need to know who you're picking in those spots. To, yes, but but on the contrary, they said for the number one pick, like who, how many, it, it, whatever. And he, and he made it a point to say, you know what I'm saying. Like we just have to be prepared for all outcomes, so they're not just scouting right. for the number one pick. They're they're yes. exploring everything. Yeah, and that was what I was gonna say. If you were to tell somebody about this press conference, in a nutshell. I would just share that question and that answer and say, you got any more questions about how this press conference went? <laughs> and they'd be like, nope. And I'd be like, great, because that's how it went. Vague, as always, and it, it gave us nothing. Is it almost endearing at this point, though? It is so <laughs> dumb. Like, it, it's been annoying for a long time, but at this point, I'm like, Jeff, let him hang loose, bro. Like, <laughs> you have come this far. And he, th- this man had the audacity to sit, sit there in a room full of NBA media who cover mm-hmm. this league for a living. And they mm-hmm. asked him, like, if you had to make the pick today. And yeah. this man said, we're still early in the process. He said, believe the it or not. The pick is due 72 hours from now. And this man said, we're still early in the process. Is, is Jeff Weltman, is he married? Is Jeff Weltman actually Welt God? And we've just been all played mm, this entire time maybe it would make sense that jeff waltman has a strong meme game um but all i was gonna say is you know like you said you think he's married and I, that's what i thought too do you think he wakes up in the morning and he's like talking to his wife about his, like what's the day holds and he's like he's like yeah then i got that press conference and just that that dumb press conference like i've just got to go do that little old thing about the number one pick and uh and and she knows and just chuckles because she knows that her husband's just going to troll because he doesn't really he's not going to tell them anything worthwhile. Like you could catch you could maybe catch some GM slipping for sure in those type of press conferences with questions like how many at the top are you considering? And it's like clearly he could have been like 3 or he yeah. could have been like 4 and we've been like cool, like I'll take that answer. That's fine. But he's just like 60. <laughs> Like there's only 58 picks in this draft dog. too. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. But well, I mean, you uh, got to yeah, consider, you know, the undrafted guys. Like when you exactly. get down so, to pick 58, right? There, I'm sure there's like 15 different guys that it could be at that point. Right. You know. What Let's I mean? be honest. He's not looking at 60. He's looking at way more than you know. They're looking at if if that's the real thing. If we want to get into the nitty gritty here, yeah, they're looking at close to a hundred different prospects. I'm sure if they are really saying they're prepared for kind of every right. scenario, which you know I I I kind of you know tend to believe is is the truth with this you know front office. They're not going to get outworked. You know yeah. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. But yeah, Jeff Weltman, you know we love him. We think he's doing a great job. But it was like. I was listening to it again before you and I got on here and my wife Carmen walks in the room and she's like, you know, 
he might be the best person I've ever heard at speaking so much for 24 minutes without saying anything important. He didn't say a word. And I said, he is, he's literally the master at that. Mm -hmm. He used a, a, a very large word. It's not really a large word, but it's like, it's a, you don't, you don't use it very often. When asked about Paolo, he said, there's a lot of subterfuge going on right now. Subterfuge, yeah. He is Good one. the sultan of subterfuge. Mm. Yeah. I just I just coined that nickname for Jeff Weltman. I think it fits perfectly. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. He is the absolute master at you having no idea what he is thinking. Mm-hmm. And I, I credit him for that, truly. Okay. Yep. Let's talk about the pick, Luke. We, we've gone on for, you know, 40-some-odd minutes here or whatever. Everything that we have, like let's let's talk about Jabari last because I feel like that's going to be kind of the most boring part of the conversation for us. Yeah. So Chet Holmgren, okay, mm-hmm. we're looking at this guy, you know, seven foot tall. I think it's like a seven six wingspan. By all accounts, is one of the most elite shot blockers that a lot of I hear this every single time they talk about him. Right. Um, I think it was um, Sam uh, Sam Vecini mm-hmm. just said it recently on a podcast with Brian Rossillo that in terms of the shot blocking, the instincts and the timing, he is one of the best prospects he has ever had the pleasure of evaluating with Chet. The question's obviously about the frame. We can debate that until the cows come home. We're not, I don't want to really get into that because I think that's just more of a conversation that we can dive deeper into if he is the pick and kind of what it means for the magic and how he fits in with the magic. Mm -hmm. But with Chet, Really, the intrigue is the offensive ceiling. Like I think you and I would both agree that if the kid stays healthy, he's going to be one of the best defensive players in the league for a long, long time. Is that fair to say? Do we agree on that? Yes. Okay, we agree on that. So the big question mark with Chet is what he is going to become offensively. There are two sides of this argument, essentially. If, if you have just now gotten into the conversation, Luke. We want to talk to these folks because I'm sure there are people that are excited for the draft tonight that haven't been paying attention for the last month. So let's just kind of break this down the most elementary way that we can for folks, for all these prospects. With Mm -hmm. Chet, the big question is, is what he did at Gonzaga, just in terms of like pick and roll, limited post-ups, good player in transition, can take it coast to coast, good in terms of like spot up three point attempts and especially in transition trail three attempts that everything that he did at Gonzaga is he going to do that in the NBA and just kind of develop and do those things a little bit better or is Mike Schmitz's evaluation of Chet Holmgren that he would estimate that Chet only got to show about 20 percent of his offensive arsenal at Gonzaga and then you potentially have a guy that is going to become this seven foot menace offensively off the dribble, you know, mid post pull-ups threes off of the dribble, taking guys off of the dribble and getting to the rim and just dunking over everyone, being able to play make for others and get guys into position to be successful. That's really the conversation around Chet Holmgren. Is he just going to be this guy that's pretty good for a long time if he can stay healthy or is he going to be this just world changing franchise-altering superstar, the likes that we have just never seen before in his frame and skill set. And then we, we've we already talked about all of the drama, the medicals, the not medicals, does he want to play here, does he not want to play here kind of thing. 
all that smushed in a Chet Holmgren sandwich, how are you feeling about Chet Holmgren and as it relates to the magic? He is he he's number three for me. Um that doesn't mean that I'm against the pick. By a wide margin, like is it is he not even close to the other two guys? I'd say he's close to Paolo. I think that I, I, and I, and that's obviously not a hot take at all. I think that's a lot of people's, you know, big boards, if you will. Um, yeah, I just, I have him, I have him, I have him third. I've had him at third since the Eric Fawcett, you know, uh, episode. That Dude, episode, I love you, man. Eric Fawcett could tell you to do like some bad things, and I really think you would go and do it. He has like, I love Eric, and he's very persuasive. But the level of influence that he has over Luke Sylvia is like is for real. Listen, I I I do something in my life where I surround myself with people who are smarter than me in the area that I want you to get better. You definitely do that. You certainly do that. And uh, Eric is just smarter. Eric is smarter because he does the work. Eric yeah. is smarter because he looks into the the data and he actually provides like brings facts to the conversation instead of just. A whole opinion piece with no data to back it up. Eric brings it to the table. It's why I've had so many people come up to me. I had two or three people come up to me at the lottery, um, or not the lottery, the dra- the draft tour party um, at Cavo's the other night, and say, mention Eric, unprompted. Hey man, like I just wanted to say, like that episode you guys did with Eric, uh, John McCall was one of them. Ticket rep for the Magic. If you guys need tickets, hit him up. Um, but but he he was one of the people that came up to me and said that like that episode not only was good for our listeners it was good for me because it just was brought with met with a lot of stuff to back it up the 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 whole thing about Chet being very transition reliant as well like uh, aside from the facts of you know what you mentioned earlier about the what you know him and Jabari and how kind of like breaking those myths that Jabari can't play make and can't create a shot off the dribble. And then Chet can, and it's like really the evidence was the opposite. It's just stuff that like nobody thinks to look at, and and Eric does a great job of dig- digging deeper on that. So shout out again to Eric as if he needs one. Um, but but yeah, I, I think that that did that did pers- that persuade me quite a bit. So um, yeah, so Chet for me is number three. Um, I'd be lying if I said like I, I'm not somewhat nervous. I'm I'm nervous about all these prospects. For different reasons, but I'm nervous about Chet, for sure. Um, missing on I, Chet. Yeah, yeah, missing like for not sure. Picking him and him becoming and him becoming something great, but I, I don't know, man. Chet is definitely the biggest question mark uh, of those top three to me, and I think that he's got the honestly, I think he's got the highest ceiling, but also the lowest floor. Um, I, it's a very odd, uh, person like prospect to even think about. So let me ask you this, even the Paolo stuff considered, you know, if he didn't work out for the magic, Mm. Chet is still number three for you. You're taking Paolo over Chet in that instance, all things considered everything that we know. If, if what I think about Chet doing a whole workout and then declining a media interview at that point, that just tells me you're indecisive. And if that is what that means, 
um, and it's not just some weird game. Like to me, that's um, that's weird too. And I don't think so I. For, that's why they're close too. Like if, if it would be different if Jabari was like the one that did the the Palo thing or Jabari did the chat thing, it'd be different for them as well. But they, I think that 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 says a lot about somebody. It's not all about their play on the court. So for me, just like from a basketball aspect, I've always had Chet as kind of two A and Paolo as two B. Mm-hmm. If that stuff about Paolo is true for me, he like he's not even he, he was right. He's not in the consideration at mm-hmm. that point. But for me, like just for every, kind of all of the reasons that we've talked about, like if, if Chet hits, like he's the guy that could really like in some respects like change the game of basketball. You know, like certain guys come in with certain skill sets and everyone would be looking for the next Chet Holmgren in some respects. Like people are looking for the next Giannis and that's why people say, oh, well, you know, Chet can kind of do Giannis kind of things. But like Giannis is never going to, I mean, Chet is never going to be like 240 pounds like Giannis. Like that's, that's just never going to be the case. I don't think he's going to kind of grow into to, no. to that frame, like into that body. But I do, you know, the Eric stuff was like really interesting uh it was very persuasive and 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 kind of solidified the way that I feel about Jabari but I do still think there is the opportunity that we did not see everything from Chet at Gonzaga and due to like some of the like the program stuff and the way that Gonzaga plays and you know Drew Timmy just being an absolute stud at Gonzaga I think there is weight to that side of the argument I will not be mad if Chet is the pick. Like I, I'm gonna be excited about all of the defensive stuff, and we'll be like, okay, we'll just kind of hold off about the offensive stuff. Like defensively, I think he's gonna be super special from day one, and I'm really excited to see what that looks like. You know, with Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr. and Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. Like I, we've talked about this, but to me, if the pick is Chet, if it's Jabari, who we'll talk about it in a little bit. If it's either of those guys, to me, top 10 defensively should be the floor. Anything else after that is is inexcusable, in my opinion, with that kind of personnel. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Paolo. So we've already talked about all the drama stuff. So uh, again, we're going to break this down as if you've never heard about Paolo Bancaro. So Paolo Bancaro is this 6'10", probably close to 250, just like physical specimen of a 19-year-old. And with Paolo... Great playmaker, underrated passer, can create his own shot. Right now, he's great at getting to the rim. He's great in terms of like the mid-range jumpers. Uh, the three-point line is really where he needs to improve if he's just going to become this offensive juggernaut in the league that a lot of people think uh, he can be. The big question mark with Paolo is really just in terms of his motor and defensively, just whether or not he's going to be a great defender in the league. Some people think that he's just going to be a traffic cone and just isn't going to be any good. I don't really buy into that, especially if he ends up in a, a good place like you know OKC or especially here in Orlando with the culture that we have. I think some of the potential hesitancy you know, around Paolo is if he doesn't reach that offensive ceiling, then just kind of who is he in the league and kind of what would his role be on a Magic team. People also see some redundancy with Franz Wagner, with, to which I say, Give me another Franz Wagner. I will take five Franz Wagners on my team if if that's really what you think about Paolo. But people are just, they see him. They see what he did at Duke. Uh, you know, some of the plays that he was able to make just kind of in isolation, one-on-one, 
in clutch situations, in big games. You needed a bucket. Duke, most of the time, gave the ball to Paolo Bancaro, and a lot of times he delivered. And Magic fans are just afraid to miss out on this guy who really looks like offensively he could be the go-to guy for years to come. Again, if he matches that ceiling, in my opinion, he's probably the most NBA-ready guy from day one, just in terms of his skill set and like phys- the physicality that he brings. Some people have questioned if he's going to be able to leverage that in the league. Again, to which I say the kid is 19 years old. He's not done developing right. physically. Now, we do have the question marks like we've already talked about with kind of the drama surrounding the workout. Did he not work out? Does he want to be in Houston? Is he just dead set on going to Houston? Does he really not think he's in consideration for the top pick? All of the betting odds up until very recently have said that he wasn't in consideration for the number one pick. And now that's kind of shifting the last couple of days. Again, everything considered for Paolo, what's your evaluation of him and and where do you have him? Yeah, I mean, I see a guy that's that's plug and play. Like I see a guy you bring in, um, and and he's able to contribute right away. Um, now, does that take away from the ball being in the you know in the hands of of a guy like Markel, um, who you very much want the ball to be in his hands because you've seen how much better he makes his teammates? Uh, Philip Rossman Reich of Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily has talked about how he is is pretty dead set against Paolo just for the sake of how you know he would maybe mess up the scheme of this team um and you know if the guy is good enough then you don't care and so i think that tells me probably what i think about Paolo and like if i think he is a you know superstar one day i don't know I, my personal opinion and is kind of aligned with Phil's which is like he could throw off some things about this team that are already good, and the Magic just need somebody to come in and fix the bad. So um, I, I I don't know. As far as Paolo goes, I, I think that, that that he is going to be able to create for himself. Really, the big thing is defensively. You know, is he going to be better than he was at Duke? Um, and also, is he going to develop a three point shot? So if you can tell me he's going to do those things, great. I'm on board. But I'm just not. I have no idea. And I, I'm just not sure. I think if everybody was sure, he would probably be number one. So for sure. And just to kind of go off of, you know, what Philip Rossman Reich was saying, like a lot of times when it comes to draft philosophy, it's best player available versus best fit. Mm-hmm. And so people might misconstrue what Phil is saying is like, oh, he's just worrying about the best fit. And that's not necessarily what you should do when you have the number one pick or just when you're drafting in general. But the point that Philip was making is, this team has taken steps and it's clear what they are trying to build here, you know, with Jamal Mosley and, you know, the way that they've constructed the roster so far in terms of this philosophy of kind of you know, positionless basketball and defensive versatility. And then also, you know, Jamal Mosley kind of harps on this all the time, playing with pace, space, and the pass. And the thought process behind what Philip has been saying is that this pick isn't only about the player that you're taking, but the kind of team that you want to be. And his argument against Paolo is that if you draft Paolo, then you're kind of throwing some of those things to the wayside in terms of what you've currently been building with the team the last two years. So I think that's super interesting. Again, for me, um, throughout this process, I've kind of had Paolo at a, at a 2B. Um, if the personality stuff for me you know, it is real, if he 
didn't want to be here, if he you know, didn't want to work out for the team, whatever, then that's a clear red flag and you stay away from that guy. Again, we don't want to get into an instance of drafting a guy and from day one, he's already got his eyes on you know greener, bigger, brighter pastures, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll talk about the young man that you know some recently have described as a perfect you know angel baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jabari Smith Jr. out of Auburn. Mm-hmm. Jabari Smith, six ten, you know, massive wingspan, shot the lights out this year at Auburn. You know, forty two percent. I think it was you know close to seven attempts per game, if I'm not mistaken. He has been compared to. Brandon Ingram, Jason Tatum, in some respects, you know, like a Kevin Durant, just in terms of being able to get his shot off at any time. He's a great shooter from the three-point line. Um, he's probably the best just flat-out shot maker in this draft. You can give him the ball in the high post, back to the basket, turn around, give his defender a jab step, and then just shoot right over the top of them. Like the the shot is is virtually unblockable to this point now. We haven't seen him gone up against you know a guy like you know, Rudy Gobert if he's in his face or like a Jonathan Isaac if there's anybody that can block this guy's shot you know definitely be Jonathan Isaac that's just my personal opinion <laughs> but the big question with Jabari is is this guy just going to be like a three and D and that's the other part that isn't talked about enough with Jabari I think is like the defense is is real like this guy projects as like an all NBA defender at some point in his career. Just incredible, you know, lateral quickness, uh, just moves really well, gets after it, just tenacious, very, very competitive, very versatile, probably can guard, you know, some ones, but probably like two through four pretty comfortably, adds some weight to that frame. Maybe he can guard some fives. Nobody's guarding Jokic and Embiid. We don't need to talk about, you know, that conversation. But the issue with Jabari is, some people think that he might have some issues and, and there this it is a legitimate question. You know, there is tape of him at Auburn just not having the the tightest handle, not having re- like a really deep dribble package or anything like that. But I do think it's overblown to a certain extent. So if you're for Jabari, it's oh, this guy is has no issue creating his own shot and you know, he displayed that at Auburn just in terms of like the isolation possessions like we've talked about. But the issue with the handle like, is a, is a real question in terms of is he going to be able to create off the dribble for himself? Is he going to be able to set up others in terms of playmaking? So that's kind of where people are on Jabari. If you believe that he's going to be able to develop into a playmaker and as a ball handler, to me, he's the clear number one pick. If you don't think he's going to become that, then is that a kind of guy that you take with the number one pick? This is a guy that was in Orlando. Now we've heard some reports that he had a great workout with the Magic, that it went really well. He was there for two hours. He met with the media, had his availability, said all of the right things, has said all of the right things in basically any media instance that he's ever had. NBA father, so he knows what to expect coming into the NBA. All of that considered, Luke, you have him number one. I have him number one. What do you think about Jabari? Perfect angel. You know, I listen, man, I, I the, the for me, once I got to be on Jabari, mm, uh, that's that's such a, a large uh, pause. That's a very interesting <laughs> choice of words there. We're going to ignore that. Anywho, when I switched to Jabari, 
uh, <laughs> we uh, I just stayed there. So I'm with Jabari and uh, oh brother. Um, but uh, yeah, I listen, man. He like you said, the biggest thing is is his people say it's his dribbling. I think his biggest thing is is finishing around the rim. Um, so I, I listen. I I think that uh, he's gonna be able to do that. So, um, I think I'll be able to do that. <laughs> I think that, uh, man, I cannot keep it together. Um, but that is okay. So as far as, you know, the dribbling does go, like if you tell me this prospect's great, but they can't shoot the three, this prospect's great, but they can't, they can't dribble. Like they, they don't have the tightest handle. I'm picking the guy that just doesn't have the tightest handle because he can knock down threes. Welcome to 2022 in the NBA. Like, I, if you're telling me he's the best shooter in the draft, all these things, I'll take a chance on that guy. And he locks up on defense. What what are we talking about? Like, it, it, it just, you know, I, it, it seems. Let's say, let me, let me be devil's advocate me. here. Yeah. Let's say he never develops the handle. And, like, right now is as good as it gets. What do you think his floor is? Like, to me, like, he's a, he's a, Mikhail Bridges plus in that regard. And is that a guy, and this is the argument, is that a guy that you take number one? Because to me, it's not. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think? What do you say to the, to the naysayers? I, I, I listen, I just don't think that that's the case. Like that is my reasoning for taking Jabari one is that I'm confident he's going to develop a handle. Like, what what is it about him that makes you confident that he's going to do that because it's the only thing besides finishing at the rim that the guy's got to work on and you could argue that his finishing at the rim was simply because he you know was more like finessing at the rim than going strong to the rim i I just think like you lock him in a gym for a summer this guy's gonna be incredible So you think it's like the intangibles like the work ethic yeah, that kind of stuff. That he'll he'll figure it out. That's just who yeah. he is. He'll I figure no, it out. I have no doubt that he he'll figure it out. He knows what it takes. You think this kid wants to to disappoint his dad, who was in the NBA? Like this guy's gonna work his butt off for a multitude of reasons. But for me, I really think that's the cherry on top. Is that like I can't let my dad down. And and clearly, like I'm sure he thinks the world of his father. Like I. I I think if you're a normal human being, you don't want to disappoint your dad, but especially one that has succeeded in, you know, or went to a field that you're going to be in. And I, I just think that there's just no, there's not really a, any doubt that he's going to be able to do those things. I, I think he's at the very least, he's a multiple time all-star. And I think that just like the probability I feel like is high. So I am not willing to put as much stock in like I love my daddy, so I'm going to be really good. I, I I'm not willing to put stock right there. To be there. fair, I said cherry on top, but I'm just saying I'm just I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to throw shade. You, I'm just you, listen. If his dad is like, "What are you doing this weekend in the off season?" Well, and I he's mean, not yeah. on vacation, he's be like, "I'm in the gym. I'm in the gym." I'm, like I'm not telling my dad that I'm anybody just that's gotten to this point. Of course it Look, should. I was just throwing. But, I was just. It was just a little jokey joke. There's no. No, reason I know it was a jokey joke, but it was a little. It was just the cherry on top <laughs> for me. Okay. Okay. What I will say is, I do believe in the intangibles of Jabari Smith Jr. In his media availability with the Orlando Magic, he said, "My number one goal in life is to win an NBA championship. Sign me up for that 100 percent." Today, 
the NBA on YouTube was doing this thing where they just kind of interviewed the entire, like, I think it was like 22 guys slated to go in the NBA draft, like the 22 mm -hmm. NBA draft class. And Jabari Smith was the first guy that they met with. And they were just kind of asking him, like, you know, what are what are you like most looking forward to your rookie year? And he was he was like, um, I think like the question was, what do you think would be like a, a successful like rookie year for you? And he didn't say like, oh, I want to make an all rookie team or I want to be rookie of the year. He said, get my team to the playoffs. Full stop. And he mm. said, you know, a lot of times you're a high pick. You're going to a team that you know really hasn't had it figure out or hasn't had much success. And to turn that around in the first year is what I want. And this is also a kid who has said he wants nothing more than to win and to see his teammate succeed. Doesn't care what he has to do. Doesn't care about stats. Doesn't care if he scores 10 or if he scores 30. He's all about the team, all about the team winning. We've also heard other reports uh, it wasn't confirmed that this was in connection to the magic, but that he had like a two hour workout and by all accounts, like just went hard the entire time, never took a water break, never took a breather, was just like going and going and going and going and going. I think this was like an NBA scout that saw one of his workouts and was just mm. like completely blown away by the kid's motor. Now to me, we're just talking like full philosophy of the draft with, with Jeff and, and John and we'll kind of close with this before we you know, get ready to head to the draft tonight. With Jabari for me, if he is the pick, that tells me that John and Jeff believe that he can develop into this number one option. And if that is the case, I'm right there with you. The kid is a multiple-time all-star. If you don't believe that, to me, he can't be the number one pick. With Chet, it's that you believe that, one, he has a super high floor. That's what I believe, just like, defense alone I think he'll be able to get to you know 15 16 points a game pretty easily just off of some of the things that he's good at you know like the pick and roll three-point shooting in transition all of that kind of stuff I think he will figure out how to be at least an average or decent score in the NBA and defensively I, I really just think that he's going to be a stud however if you don't believe in the offensive upside or if you are concerned if this guy is going to be able to play 80 to 100 games a year if you're making deep playoff runs, to me, he is not the pick. Paolo, if you believe he is going to be just this you know, guy that could potentially lead the league in scoring someday, he's going to be confident uh, or competent defensively and is going to you know elevate his teammates through his you know, ball handling and playmaking and his passing, he's number one. If you don't think he's going to be this guy that could potentially lead the league in scoring someday, he is not the pick. That's where I'm at. Whatever they decide to do is going to tell me everything that I need to know about their thought process through this draft, everything that they've captured in terms of information and data and their workouts and their experience with these guys. It's going to tell me everything that I need to know, and it's really going to set my expectation for that player because it's the number one pick. You cannot afford to mess it up. Your job is absolutely riding on this. If you mess up the number one pick, it's going to put us back a number of years, and then all of a sudden we get into the eighth, ninth, tenth year of the John uh, Hammond, Jeff Weltman experience here in Orlando. If they mess up this pick, the writing is on the wall for an eventual exit for those guys. At least that's what I think. Mm -hmm. So the pick is going to tell me everything that I need to know about their thought process, and it's going to tell me what we should expect from this guy moving forward. Yeah, I agree. You got anything else for me? Like, just how do you feel about the draft, like, in general mm -hmm. tomorrow? Just big picture. Mm -hmm. What what does it mean for the franchise? 
I mean, I touched on it earlier. Like this is this is the Magic could finally get a superstar after a very long decade. I think there would be nothing nothing like having a superstar on your team that you feel like can have those huge games and carry you to a win. So I, I don't know. Nerves are nerves are high, but if 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 we really trust this front office like we think we do, come pick time. We're not going to be sweating too much because we're going to be saying the whole time, I trust them, I trust the pick, whoever it is. That's a big statement to make, but I do think that they've earned it. So trust the front office. We, we've said this a few times. We've kind of taken the, the pedal off the gas a little bit in, in, in recent episodes here. But this campaign that we've been talking about, you know, cheer the pick. And what it really means is do not boo the pick. But it just doesn't pick sounds better than yeah. you know, it doesn't roll off the, the tongue as well. Whoever it is, if you're not super stoked, don't boo. Don't give a look all pissed off. Golf clap it. Just give a golf clap or just give like a little head nod or like a little, you know, half, you know what, fist pump, whatever the case is. If you're ecstatic about the pick, go crazy. Like, by all means, do that. Mm -hmm. The whole basketball world is going to be focused on Orlando. I think ESPN might, I think I heard that ESPN might be at the draft party just to kind of see the reaction to the number one pick. The whole world will be looking at Orlando tonight the night of the draft do not boo the pick if you feel compelled to cheer the pick but absolutely do not boo the pick one last time 5 30 to 5 o'clock rather to 6 30 we'll be at harry buffalo tonight to hang out before the draft party then we'll walk over to amway and hang out and sit in section 106 any parting words of wisdom luke oh magic baby i'm proud of us you know it's this has been a very big last five weeks for the podcast yeah, record-breaking May for us. This is going to be a record-breaking June. Mm-hmm. It's been a grind getting through the last month just with the same thing to talk about over and over again. I know we did our best with guests. Our listeners, all the response has been awesome. You know, Getting a partner with the Magic in a bu- bunch of different cool ways has been great. But uh, yeah, it's been a grind. We're finally at the finish line. I'm just ready to get this over with and, and, and enjoy the fruits of our labor with the number one pick. Absolutely, and this is what I'm going to leave everybody with, actually, instead of a Go Magic, which obviously that's understood. But Jonathan has spoke on it before, obviously. Like, none of this is possible without y'all. I think for us, Jonathan, like, week in, week out, we ha- we weren't able to do... I was in Nebraska. I hadn't been to even a six-man show event, didn't get to go to the lottery party last year. All I have done is speak to you over a, essentially a video chat since I joined. And have never gotten to really go to the arena, meet you guys, do those things. So, like, lottery night was incredible, getting to talk to you guys and all those things. At Cavo's, um, you know, for the, the, the draft tour, going to that event. RJ Hampton there, everybody showing out. You guys coming up and introducing yourselves to us, that means the world to us. To come up to us and just talk to us and tell us that, you know, you, you listen every Monday and Thursday. And, hey, can I grab a picture? We're normal dudes, and so that stuff to us still blows our mind, and we're definitely yeah. not. It's kind, of, it's like low key weird. Like not, not that we like don't want you guys to do that, but it's just like, I don't right? Know. I hope no, we never is. get used to like people coming up and like introducing themselves to yeah. us. No, and that, that's yeah. th- it's crazy. Like, and then they go a step further, and like, can we grab a picture? And and that stuff is is so crazy to me. Um, but that that's the like where we're at as a show that we even have anybody that wants to take a picture with us so 
thank you to to you guys that, that especially do those once things. they see what we look like in person they're like you know what yeah i i, I would like to take a picture with you i was like you sure <laughs> like people are gonna see this you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah well that's why they're probably gonna grab more pictures with producer kevin instead of us you know and we're like we we're saying this from like a like a place of humility. I don't want people to be like, oh, these guys are complete like douchebags. Like it it still like blows my mind that people yeah. like to listen to us. And we just like truly, from the bottom of my heart, like I know there are certain things within this community and different topics that we all like disagree on. But mm-hmm. like really do love the people that we've been talking to online for years and interacting with the show and stuff like that. It it's just been it, it's been a blessing. And you know tonight. We just get to celebrate, you know, ten years uh-huh. of of struggling as, as Magic fans, and you know, it feels like this is our time. So I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, and I feel like you know, some we we've been talking, we've been kind of like reflecting a lot in the last really couple months, I would say. But I just feel like so many milestones for the show, from partnering with the Magic to our biggest, you know, months of downloads and listens to our episodes. Um, this is just our like this is me and Jonathan really like processing this together like as, as far as like what we've been able to do and and that's why like we're just still in disbelief of what is happening and um, not at all surprised by it happening but it is still very surreal we have worked our butts off for this for sure um, but we cannot wait to celebrate with y'all tonight um, it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, we, we can't wait and we're, we're just getting started as well. Last thing I'll say is this is not the last time that you will hear from us this week. You will have an episode as soon as we can get it up after the draft. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, but again, been an awesome draft season with everybody from you know getting excited about the lottery and winning the lottery and just having these same conversations for the past five weeks. And tonight we get to just celebrate and hang out with you guys. So if you see us, just like, like come and say what's up. Like we would just really love that. So uh, again, thanks to everybody that supports Thanks for everybody that watches and, and listens and you know retweets and you know likes our stuff all over social media. You guys are the best. The time is now. The magic are on the way up. Go magic. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.